All right, I think I got it. Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in to Reinventing the Tattoo. For let's talk about feelings uh, with myself, Dusty Pitstick, who is probably on his way here, and our honorary co-host, Amber Morgan. <laughs> um, so Amber is home today. Last week she was in the I hospital. am home. Nice I'm home and recovering. Nice, nice. Did the hospital offer you some uh some downtime you were hoping for? Yes, I yeah. You know, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um they said, ha, huh, you have to stay here and you're not allowed out, and we're gonna fix you. They fixed me though. I, I feel great. Awesome. What so what did they have to fix? Um, my grandchildren bring home a lot of respiratory issues from school. You said that, yeah. And I'm already respiratory compromised. Okay. So they brought home one that just stuck. Got it. Got it. Yeah, not fun. Well, at least you made it. Yeah. It's uh. Knock on wood. I'm. I'm still remembering that I'm not full tilt yet. I went into the shop the day after I got out of the hospital and then I wound up sleeping for two days. I was like, oh, that was a bad idea. Shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, it's shitty when that happens, but you know, we make it through. You know, I'm, I'm in a situation where I'm still not wearing my leg regularly uh, because it's still being annoying. And you know, that's the same thing, you know, that whole rest concept. Yeah. Uh, when you have to be forced to be rested, forced when you have to be forced to rest, it very much is difficult. It's not fun. And uh, yeah, so you learn. Like, I want to get back on the gym, but I haven't been able to because my leg's been stupid. Now I'm like, okay, well, what do I do to get exercise outside of that? That, you know, is still doable and possible and fun without a leg on. So I'm working on you know, figuring my shit out. And I think that's what it is, man. We're all just figuring our shit out. Uh-huh. Medusa, what's up, dude? Not a whole lot. Do you guys like my Dwight Schrute bangs? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's because uh, I had to throw a beanie on and walk down the street immediately after the shower to go retrieve my co-worker's phone who dropped it on the sidewalk in a good Samaritan saw um, that I had texted and they texted me and they're like, I found this phone. You're the most recent number that texted. Do you know who it belongs to? I want to get it to them. And I'm like, I'll do it. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really awesome that there are good people out there who find phones and actually want to put in the effort to find the original owner. Right. Cause I mean, it's really not that hard. No. <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard to be nice. Right. And good. And like, you know, not like steal from people yeah and stealing a cell phone is way more difficult than just buying one because now it, you got to jump through all these hoops and like make sure nobody finds you through the fucking weird interweb intermingling so it's very odd oh my god i have two glasses here and i <laughs> don't know <laughs> i don't know which one is it's funny you said, oh my God, just as Dusty fucking joined in. And I was oh like, God. I see that he joined in. How are you, oh my Godding this already? That's wild. 
So is one pea and is one juice? Like, what's going on? I'm figuring it out. Okay, well, that one's the one that I thought was pea. And either you like the taste of pea or it's not pea. It's looking like it might be pea now. I mean, if this is pea, the person needs to drink more water. Look at how colorful that is. Oh, wow. Pretty brownie. Like or... apple juice. <laughs> Dusty, how are you doing? We're talking about Medusa's pea drinking. Oh, you know, just eating some poops. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> hi. hi. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> How is everybody? Good. You live alone, so oh, yeah. I'm like really confused. <laughs> How are you, Dusty? I just walked in my door. I'm a little hectic, but not bad. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. More work things? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tattooed today and uh, getting ready to tattoo tomorrow. And then at like three in the morning tomorrow, I go to the airport and then I head out to where Medusa be at. True. And I get to party down for a day or two and then drive straight to Eugene and tattoo at Evergreen and fun, 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 fun. Oh, yeah. Where does Medusa be at in reference to Evergreen? Uh, about an hour, hour and a half, I think. About a two-hour drive. An hour, hour Not and a half, bad. two hours, two yeah. and a half, three, four. Yeah, easy seven, enough eight drive. Hours, a day, 12, 12 13 hours. hours. Yeah, <laughs> twelve years. Yeah, I'll hour, pick you up from the hours, airport and I'll drive you to the convention. Hey, that's the fucking win. There you that's go. Both, right both. There. Evergreen and where she is at are in the continental United States. So, yeah, actually, min- she- it, it can't be more than a 40 hour drive. Where she is no. at is in the same state, so it can't be more than like three days, you know. I know, I know, I looked up a train in How case she was. How slow you driving? <laughs> <laughs> How slow can you drive across Oregon time to take three rel- days? Time is relatively relative, regardless of where you are. All right. So it is in direct relation to where you're at. So it might actually take three days. Who you are, I don't know. Technically, don't know. where I'm at takes 10 minutes to get out of state. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like those things. Yeah, Portland's like right on the border of Washington. See, so do you go to Washington for anything? Because um, Donna said that like Philly people would go to Jersey for certain things. Um, I think like alcohol on weekends or like you would go to uh-huh. Jersey and it was mad cold out to get your gas because like no people from Washington gas in Jersey for you or some weird shit. I don't know. So like, they do pump your gas for you in Jersey. They do pump your gas for you in Portland. Outside of Portland, you pump your own gas. Um, but uh, Oregon doesn't have sales tax, so Washingtonians come down here to do their shopping. So you don't fuck with Washington because that's why we go to Delaware because I grew up in Washington. That's why I don't fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the past in the past. We are looking right. forward, my dude. I, I mean, okay, so yes, keep the past in the past. Um, on somewhat of an advocacy to the devil side. I do like devils. Ooh. And uh, I don't necessarily like devils, but I like to advocate for them because sometimes we need it. 
looking in the past helps you heal your present and future. Oh, I forgot we're on the feelings show. Yeah, dog. Hold on, I'm not high enough. BRB. Look at that. She's like, fuck this. I'm out for a minute. I got to go fucking grab me a drink or some shit for real. <laughs> you know, usually people say like, I'm not something enough for this, but don't go and remedy it immediately. But I respect you remedying not being high enough for this by immediately getting a joint. <laughs> I gotta be prepared. Because <clears throat> like, seriously, right? Like, um, in a lot of our healing journeys, because our whole life is a healing journey, if we handle it that way, um, things from our past tend to pop up and sometimes kill us. Uh, you know, in our in our in our path, like for me, um, PTSD moments from the past pop up for me. So, like, uh, if Donna does something with money, um, that will always affect me. Well, it has been. It won't always affect me, but until I heal all this shit, the whole the past shit, I will never know how to manage my relationship and money together because I've had negative experiences with my partner and money. So like I work through that shit and that shit like pops up and gets me. And like how much of how much of looking in the past do you need to heal that shit, right? Like cuz some of it comes from our childhood, a lot of it just comes from traumas along the way. And I don't have the answer to that question, but I've been working at it and I constantly am trying to make my life better by way of exploring things that feel the need to be explored. So while you weren't trying to turn this into a weird moment, Medusa, thank you for bringing in the, in the concept of never looking back because you kind of have to. Sometimes, you gotta look I back, guess. but you shouldn't dwell there. Right, right. You know, you don't fucking... You don't live there. You don't pitch a tent. You don't build a fucking community there. But like, you know, maybe come back and say like, hey, little Medusa. Hey, little Robbie. You know, hey, little so-and-so. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Can we like, you know, can we move past this? How do I help you heal? You know? And like, that's one of the weird things. Like, dude, one night I was having, um, I was having uh, some anxiety on the way to one of my oldest son's performances. And like me and my inner child talked to each other for a little bit in the car ride that night. Um, and it was really weird. Cause I was like, so little buddy, what are we stressing about? You know? And like, he was talking back to me and it was really odd that this two-sided conversation that we usually have inside of ourselves was actually like, I was like figuring out both sides of this conversation and knew who was who. And there wasn't any of the typical brain fog confusion that goes on. Like, who's saying what and what's real? Like, I knew what was real and what was not and who was speaking what. And I think that just came from a lot of time looking into how do I communicate with my former self, with my inner child, uh, with my past self that needs some healing. And like, just by asking and focusing on trying to figure it out, over time, I've learned how to communicate with this little human and you know, 
have a good time. So hopefully that made some sense. Uh, I just kind of went on a very wild rant based on you looking in the past. And now I can feel you're a little resentful towards me, Medusa. Because uh, Every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> you have this way, like making me tattoo on camera when I was completely unprepared. I mean, fucking talking about feelings on the feelings show. <laughs> what the fuck? How dare you? To my, in my defense, you kind of walk into these situations, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but you know, that also brings another little lesson time uh, speaking moment. When you, when you walk into these situations that you don't want, we all do it, right? But like, we walk into situations we don't want, but know we need or feel we need. So we put ourselves in the situations and then we're like, mother fuck, why am I here? And then we're like, oh, because I did it. I do that all I the time. I think that to myself this week. I did it to myself twice. <laughs> I went into the shop and I should have been napping instead. Right. right. And then I went to Girl Scouts Friday night and to, you know, work on the Girl Scout meeting. And I'm sitting there in a different room because I just couldn't keep my eyes open. And I'm sitting there laying my head on another table going, you stupid bitch, why are you here? No one would have faulted you for skipping this. Oh man, it's so real though. It's so real. We all do. Can we, can we have one podcast where we don't talk about calling someone a stupid bitch at a Girl Scout meeting? <laughs> well, you Just know, one, I mean, one one week. I beg of you. Well, internal monologue. It never would have happened out loud in front of the Girl Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> can i just run an idea completely off topic past you guys holler what's up absolutely all right so this isn't the first time that my coworker has lost their phone they just got a new phone like a week ago and they was lost their wallet a couple days ago because it fell out of their pocket so what i'm thinking of doing is taking pictures of me doing various activities with their phone and sending it to their instagram so that when they check their ipad they can see what their phone has been up to. Uh, yes. I love yeah. this idea. And just be like, bring me this amount of donuts and you will get your phone back. <laughs> I like this idea. I think it's yeah. healthy fun. Um, yeah. But it could be a way to make them remember to, you know, not lose their phone. No. Get them, get them a chicken <laughs> bullet too, you know? Like I used to have- I was about to say, get them a purse. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the shoulder bags are a thing. Uh, you know, one of these nights. You know to... what the real problem is? Huh. The fashion industry and its hatred towards girl pockets. Yes. I've never been a girl, but I do understand that girls don't get pockets. To we the, don't get to real the, pockets. To the level that we get pockets. Why is there an anti-girl pocket thing? Like, oh, you guys have a pocket inside you already, so we don't want to give you any more. Like, that's not. <laughs> You know, like I, I'm glad that someone said it because you said girl pockets and I don't, my I don't want to just put everything in all went, Do you want to put your ham, uh, ham and cheese in my hot pocket? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fucking. It's it's really weird. I wonder. I wonder if there's like some sort of like deep seated Illuminati fucking meaning behind all of this, as to like keep women down because i mean i don't i don't not question things like that 
I never, dude, I've never been a tinfoil hat wearer or so I thought, but now I'm like fucking full on conspiracy theory without ever listening to any other conspiracy theories or like observing any others. I just look at a situation. And I'm like, there's some people in charge that are behind the curtain that are making this happen because they're fucked up. And we so don't I want us to have up. pockets because we carry spell materials and things we can use to stick them when they get too handsy. Right. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we're not supposed to, maybe like the, the hierarchy doesn't want either or the patriarchy doesn't want women stabbing men for touching them wrong. I mean, so that's now, why women I, used to wear hat pins. No shit. The hat pins would also, you know, double as self, you know, a little stick here, a little stick there. Put your peepee near you me. Into yourself. <laughs> I love that. I love that. There was actually a conspiracy. I don't remember which century it was, but women's garments were stripped of many pockets because they were afraid they were practicing witchcraft and could conceal spells and charms to wow. now now let's let's take a break men. here though. Were you practicing witchcraft? Not at the moment. <laughs> okay, see. Their pockets because they were doing spells and then the craft is like the most beloved women's movie of all time uh don't look up the metadata on that because i made it up but i remember <laughs> a very I strong metadata uh a very strong period hold on i'm gonna look up when the craft came out uh, i want to i want to say 98 it was the 90s. it was no. it was 96 Okay. Yeah, I was about to and say I it was remember, before my daughter was born, so it had to be 96. Yeah, so I was in junior high, and I remember that it did not matter what demographic or social caste or financial place you were from, uh, every every girl that I knew ever for like three years straight was about the craft. Uh, and yeah. so <laughs> that is that is why I am convinced that that's all that women really do want to do is cast spells. <laughs> And we should give you more pockets so that you can pursue that even yes. more. In depth. I, I think I think it would benefit the world. I don't, the more I don't know work what we pockets, do, the better the world it benefits. Like I'm not sure what about pockets is conducive to spell casting. Right, like more room <laughs> for mushrooms and toads, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. herbs, mushrooms, it seems, toads. It's, it seems like bone. that is a weird go-to. For like, if we believe that women are practicing witchcraft, that we're like, it's Stick pockets. pockets. It's pockets. That's the move. Not pockets. cauldrons. Keep the cauldrons. Dude, okay. So I don't want to get cauldrons, deep into wolves, it. owls, all of it. Keep it. Pockets. But look at this. COVID toilet paper doesn't make sense. Witches, pockets, doesn't make sense. At least history is repeating itself. You know what I'm saying? Like. It doesn't make sense. Did, a lot of the things did that you happen. see over like the lockdown portion of early COVID where the one guy made the YouTube video where he like broke down the science and the metadata of uh, like if you bought the 12 roll pack and you bought eight of them like people were doing, he like broke down the science of like, okay, let's assume that you have two adults and three children which is a larger household 
how long it would take and he's like breaking down like squares per wife and poops per day and he basically broke down that he's like if you're an average family of five and you really went out and bought like eight of the industrial packs that it would take you like three or four years to go through it and he's like you're you're," like he broke down like just how ridiculous the whole thing was and uh yeah that one didn't make any sense either which there was (laughs) another youtube video that i made up in my head right now where a guy broke down we got to get back many, to what Jason was about to say too but i want to hear about this made up youtube video how many pockets per spell cast and he broke it down that if you have a garment with two front pockets and two rear pockets and the little weird like quarter pocket that you can do 17 spells per day every day and that seems excessive you gotta I, like I love if, you're, that if you're casting that like many spells willy dragon's data though. Dude, you're you're like, if you're, if you're casting 17 spells daily, like that's excessive. I don't think that I could actively manage more than four spells a day without getting sloppy. The confidence yes, you guys telling that story that wasn't real. Like, dude, I wouldn't know which was fake and which was real. <laughs> like that worries me about you, Dusty. <laughs> I, I'm going to say one more quick thing, and then I swear we'll let Medusa get through a thing. There's an episode of The Simpsons where the Mr. X episode, do you remember that? Where Homer is, like, he starts a website and he's exposing secrets. And uh, oh, yeah. everybody, everybody stops giving him info because they realize he's Mr. X. So he just starts making shit up. And he's talking about how the government uses flu shots to control, like, seasonal buying trends. And it turns out he's right by accident and gets like abducted and sent to an island by the government i'm gonna turn out to be right about this and <laughs> my mate my made up hogwash is gonna land me in like guantanamo bay or something <laughs> well you're <laughs> you're not one of my people from cuba coming over here um and that that's that's for cuban refugees guantanamo bay <laughs> i i just assume that's it where they send everybody well maybe they they, 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 yeah. it they it's for cuban refugees but it's really for fucking uh yeah he's you know, of the state and country alcatraz azkaban yeah there you go all right medusa so you seemed very moved by something you were about to say in retort to what dusty was dropping here so holler at your waller I'm so glad you uh, circled back to me about this because you're gonna regret it. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to say, I bet you that with enough broccoli, beans, and coffee, my vegan diet will get through those industrial-sized toilet paper rolls in six months top. Ooh. Wow, that's the important thing. <laughs> so much more. Yeah. Diet does matter. You gotta stop okay, circling now, back to that- me. That guy had a YouTube video, so I'm going to need to see your data. Yeah, your metadata. Thank you very much. We'll circle back in six months. Is that a reminder? (laughs) So, um, (laughs) (laughs) the thing, so let's talk honestly about witches. They fucking burned women alive because they thought they were, they thought they were practicing witchcraft. Like, and they uh, might have been. They might have been practicing hey, a form of witchcraft, but what are you labeling witchcraft? Anything that just isn't Christianity? And how is this well, okay to a, kill people? That's pretty extreme. Burning someone alive. Now, now, Burning? if I may, if I and may the, interject, 
this is crazy because uh, I had a thought as soon as he said it. What's wild is that burning people is excessive. You're 1,000% right. But it wasn't as uncommon back then. And that's a crazy thing to think about that prior to, like, the Salem witch trials, like, look back as far as, like, fucking Vikings all the way to, like, fucking, uh, like, uh, oh, shit, Genghis Khan to fucking the Crusades. <laughs> that used to be, murder and like, this, the murder. same way that people used to just be like, go get a stick from a tree, I'm going to hit you with it to their kids. And nowadays we would be like, the fuck? Uh, that used to be some normal ass shit that they would be like, hey, uh, you definitely stole. So we're going to tie you to four horses and rip you in half. Um, <laughs> and that's the crazy thing is that what in the context of the Salem witch trials, we're like, this is fucked because these people were innocent and they got burned. But back then that was like, yeah, they were innocent. And they got burned. Like burning was just some shit that we did. And that's nuts. They used to put people under rocks and pile rocks until they died. Like, that's fucking bonkers. Still do. Oh, weird. The head of our governments lied to us about people <laughs> who were going against what they said. So we burnt them alive and said they were witches. How strange. You know what's, what's really funny? Mixed politics that, and religion. What's really funny is that a lot of Christians back then used forms of witchcraft to try to identify who witches were. <laughs> yeah. yeah like what is commonly called witchcraft is also <laughs> part of a lot of uh religious practices including christianity the burning of oh, yeah. herbs witchcraft but also the whole ritualistic incense. aspect of a catholic mass is totally witchcraft that's yeah. that is a ritual yeah, yeah. Stand up, um, and it is a ritual I, of spirituality I, towards a deity that you have in your mind but only worship this god, and then it's not bad. Not, not like, only is my gut, so it's weird. What, what does he? Is my gut telling me that Medusa is a witch? But I rolled these bones, and they told me that she's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick before I leave, Dusty, you might appreciate this. Uh, the whole the shelf that we're working on, the shelf with all of our knickknacks on, there is a whole shelf <laughs> dedicated to Harry Potter wands. Since we're speaking of witchcraft. Because oh. Robbie just keeps getting handed them by the fucking old guy at Universal. By the Grand Wizard. <laughs> so, <laughs> that um, was drunk Robbie talking, <laughs> and I didn't realize the Grand Wizard was a bad thing at the time. Donna, it just sounded cool. It had nothing to do with the Grand, the grand Wagoneer. Robbie was going to suck his dick. Donna, before you leave. It's a kindness uh, I offer to gentlemen when they do me something nice. <laughs> they just never take uh, me up on it. <laughs> Donna, before you leave, I wanted... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, I know Robbie's all like, I am doing family stuff now. I don't do conventions anymore. You should. Just go without it. Oh, no, we were already talking about it. <laughs> Honestly, it's Come logistics. Up here. We got, we got yeah. two 65-inch TVs that go with us on the road. And that's part of our setup. The issue so is it's that hard to get yeah. our whole setup. we have to drive a trailer there or really figure out some kind of slick dick maneuvering where I rent TVs from Walmart in each state and then take we them back. We cannot do this. Shut your mouth. That is not a legitimate way to do business. I just want to hang out with Donna at a tattoo convention. You will end up in Guantanamo Dude, Bay. If you, 
if if there's a fucking track, if, if there's a tracker in all the Walmarts that see you returning TVs we're in just, all these different states, they're gonna figure it out. We're sooner just or later. renting them, and you rent can't them. do this in business. Aren't the Walmarts closing anyways? What? Probably. Probably. I know all the Walmarts and all the Walmart locations in Portland are closing down because of too much theft. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, wow. Which makes sense. I spent three months working there and straight up stole items while having a conversation from the head of security. (laughs) It usually is. Gitmo. Dude, for real. So speaking (laughs) of stealing and the Grandmaster and wizards and dick sucking, uh, me and Dusty basically had to steal the fact that the wand chose me because people were walking up in line and I was like, oh, it's closed. Sorry. Just so I could fucking get picked. <laughs> A little backstory. I've gotten picked. The wand has picked me twice. It's such. And now he was picked as a wizard. But let's not forget that that lady guarding the line picked me as Mexican. So who's the <laughs> real winner here? <laughs> Mexican. Uh, there's there was a lady. What what? ethnicity was she she was also some um, sort of costa rican. costa rican um and she's like talking about like cubans and costa ricans and she's just like i'm just standing and listening and her and donna are talking and she just points at me like he's mexican he gets it and i just like look behind me like who the fuck <laughs> are you talking to oh <laughs> uh, on the on the topic of getting wands picked and handed to me i just received a wand in the mail yesterday oh. A handmade elder wand by a wonderful man on Instagram named Dad's Woodworking. Oh, nice. So, yeah. The, 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 Grand Wizard, the Grand Wizard of Instagram. Grand Robbie. <laughs> the Grand Wagoneer. Uh. No, actually, this is actually really cool because, like, I got all fucking emotional and started crying and shit. It was so sweet. I was like, I can't believe you thought it. So, like, I don't even dig Harry Potter that much, but this gift meant so fucking much to me. <clears throat> so I'm just good at getting wands given to me. I'm I'm leaving now, but uh, we could start like a group chat and like try to figure out logistics on how we can make this work for conventions. I'm super down to figure it out. I just can't. I was I'm I'm in the Rad Inc. Pro Team touring group chat, and it's been crickets for months. I know. Uh, so I like I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, keep adding artists, and we'll figure it out at some point. <laughs> If if women's outfits had more pockets, you could fit the TVs. I know we can blame the fashion industry. Literally, completely. It's a conspiracy by the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, and and for real though, I have uh never been mad at the idea of being a kept ass hoe. So like, I'll stay home and cook clean and fucking you know do the deeds you know that I need to do and uh get taken care of by my lady so like i'm totally down to stay at home with the baby i'll be like oh fuck yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna get this fucking exhaust leak in my caddy fix put some seat belts in it and me and the baby will ride around in my fucking cadillac all the time and mom will go and pay for our gas fucking the, shake the, the, the road you know i I'm, mean literally the, the gas to fill up that car would be like per convention so yeah. The the whole Rat Inc. pro team is literally just me, Donna, and Medusa tattooing people and stealing TVs. Basically, yeah. Um, renting TVs, Dusty. We are renting them. 
And you gotta have one. Uh, let, let me let me use a, a better gloss term for that. We're liberating TVs. Liberating from the corporation that sucks the capitalistic teat. Well, no, because we're gonna give them back and then they're gonna give us money back. You know what? So that's what I do. I fucking make a post and be like, who wants to make change in this world? DM me personally. And then I'll be like, all right, you have to steal two 65-inch TVs and bring them to this convention. And that's just, and I'll and give then, you $100. And then we'll get we'll 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 give them back the TVs when we're done with the convention. And then they can give the TVs to like the less fortunate or sell them or do whatever they choose. But we'll do this like whole like mass undermine the fucking you know corporate culture. Yeah, great idea. The you know, the funny thing is man. you can get like the 50-inch Roku TVs for like a hundred bucks anymore. I feel like every state we go to, it needs to just be a thing that if somebody will buy two of them and bring them to the convention, they can do whatever the fuck they want with them afterwards. And I'll just do like a palm-sized tattoo on them in exchange for bringing TVs. Right, if they want right. to return them, cool. If they want to fucking give them to charity, cool. If they want to have a huge fucking land party and play Half Life like it's 1998, cool. I mean, dude, totally. Uh, I didn't even think about the fact that TVs are so reasonably priced nowadays. We don't even have to worry about carrying them around with us. And we don't need, we don't really need the stand. We could just put them on the fucking on the table. But like, I feel, have you but, ever heard a story about him carrying the stuff? No. But no, if you donate it after the show, it's a write-off. <laughs> True. True too. I feel like with Troy, we would have to do every show. We would have to do every show with Troy. So yeah, that wouldn't work so much. But yeah, <clears throat> you can figure something out. It's all figurable. It's all workable. It's all doable. Speaking of burning witches, I burnt myself today. Oh no. Robbie goes, oh, it must be nice to have fingers to burn. I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said I got I got this fucking problem on my leg and I can't walk. But you go ahead and cry about your fucking thumb, dude. I just did that to myself the other day, and it really isn't, it doesn't last this long. Dude, look at it. it it's red, buddy. Bro. I, I love you. I love up. you, but you know my sympathy for silly things just isn't there. Robbie, pain is subjective. I know, you're right. And look, I should be better at this, but I'm not. And I'm okay with admitting that yeah. that's a fault of mine. I already know. That's why it, like, it hurts me even more. <laughs> Because he like won't just be like, oh man, I'm so sorry. So I have to complain about it all day, uh, just so he knows. <laughs> <laughs> How did she heal? <gasps> Is she still healing? Probably. Uh no, my skin's just super ashy. Um Still flake, uh, scaly? Not, not flaky. I think there's a couple of holidays. A couple, I'm sure. And other than that, uh, Jacques Claude Goddamn is, uh, <laughs> is fucking cool. So, uh, Are you using the round shader? Yeah, you know what I just learned uh, the other day about tattooing? Um, I'm not supposed to hold the machine up and down, like straight. Up she was tattooing like this. I'm supposed to have it at an angle, and I, I think it's like that. 45 degrees. They said. Yeah, I just thought like, oh, we're supposed to go straight. The needles are just supposed to. 
you know, but it's all right. It's okay. Yeah. I yeah. I like it. It did take a little bit long to heal, but but so did Dusty's. And I think it's because my leg is not great at healing. And I feel like every time I get a leg tattoo, it always takes a little bit longer. My skin's just pretty dry. So. It's definitely uh separates your body's ability to heal you as effectively. Yeah, but I was just like realizing, I was like, oh wait, every time I get a leg tattoo, they always take a little bit longer. My legs just aren't as moisturized and, you know, they're, yeah. they just mm-hmm. be an vascularity. Week. Sometimes we're not as vascular in our legs as we are in our upper body. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of things that, that could of- be possible variables actually my legs heal hella better than everywhere else i feel like i love you very much but every time you come in here it just turns into let's talk about random things rather than let's talk about feelings well robbie these random things are my feelings oh okay we how were, do you feel we about girl trying... pockets <laughs> she's a girl so she knows she understands the pain of girl pockets for the lack of girl pockets. You mean, you mean bras? Because that's all we have. Just actually, yeah, oh. that's the closest thing we've got to extra pockets. Yeah. So I mean, you got that going for y'all. We don't have bras typically. I mean, we, we could. could. Yeah. <laughs> Let's steal a couple you? from Walmart. <laughs> Put the fucking patriarchy out of business. <laughs> What if what if stealing one? What if we as a people go against the man by mass stealing from Walmarts, turn Walmarts into a non-factor, they close down, but that is the fucking decline of society. (laughs) And now we live in a post-apocalyptic world because nobody can afford to live because Walmart doesn't exist anymore. Think about that. Well, Walmart does create lots of jobs for people. So if they all were to shut down, where would those people work? Probably somewhere else where they get better benefits and more than minimum wage. Look, here, (laughs) look, I'm saying the flood of the effects of Walmart not being good. I'm not talking about ethics, dog. I'm talking about the fact that their volume could be impacting our fucking, uh, what's that word, economy. That's what I'm saying. Right. I know you and I are saying the same thing. Medusa's just talking about ethics. Medusa's just like, fuck the man. (laughs) Humans adapt. But what if we take a far and we can't adapt fast enough and then it takes apart our society. Blockbuster closed down and we adapted so quickly. If Walmart were to all close down, uh, I'm I'm still mourning Blockbuster video. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I get really bummed, but Blockbuster um... Blockbuster got replaced by Netflix that fucking created jobs on the back end as well. Walmart Somebody else will create, create more jobs. Or not. Maybe it just happens so fast like Walmart... that now we can't win and we can't adapt and then our fucking society goes under. Walmart just a concept. What if that's okay? Walmart's so big. And what has- if that's a good thing? You gotta break some eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, the Roman like- Empire fell and oh, humans adapted. Know- so selfishly, you want to know what my biggest concern is? I am actually still getting over the Roman Empire as well. 
like blockbuster both. Brittany and Justin broke up, and yet we still move on. <laughs> Let's see. Post post apocalyptic. Robbie is really scared because where am I going to get my legs made? Like now I've got a fucking like I've got to create a community where I have a fucking prostatist team with. You'll me. have some badass post apocalyptic steampunk. Um, I to make your legs for you. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna make a backpack, <laughs> so you'll always have my back. So you'll be looking this way, and I'll be looking this way. So okay, but we're always safe. Give I, a stoner I, I, some weed and nothing to smoke it with, and what happens? They find something to smoke it with. Take away a man's fake legs, and how will he walk? He'll find a way to walk. It's you'll find a way, and I believe you're a lot craftier than you think you are. Or or you'll just get really good at hopping. Thank you for one of my post, my biggest post-apocalyptic fear. I was coming down off of acid one day and the fucking riots were going down and I had just gotten my first leg. And so now like the riots are going on and life is about to end for everyone. And I was like, what am I going to do with my legs when the world falls? So like, now I feel better. Thanks. And that's been a couple of years. Medusa. So you fucking alleviate a couple of year long fucking major panic that is bigger than I fucking let on. So thank you. I'm sorry. No, you helped. I'm saying. You I don't know if you're being sarcastic or I'm not. being serious, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's something it's a real semi-serious to say for once. Um I, this Genuinely, is the most serious I've been when I'm giggling too. So it's really <laughs> weird. And I know it's probably confusing and it's probably a trauma response, but I'm okay. So here's the thing. Like I got <laughs> even an example. I didn't have anywhere to store my shit and I was tired of storing it on my desk because every time I put something on my desk, it gets the coffee spilled on it. So I took cardboard and I made a folder holder. See, I know I could also spend like eight bucks and just get one at the store, but this is an example of human adaptation. Give us figure it out and I'll be there for you. Folders. I love crafting. All right, bro. So you know what? You are my post-apocalyptic cro- prosthetist. That's just what it's going to be. I will make you a leg out of taxidermied rats. Literally, I was just thinking you're going to wind up with a rat leg. That's fine. As long as I can fucking run on it, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, like, serious. Serious now. All right, let's hear it. Um, appreciate hearing you say that because I have legitimately had similar thoughts about what to do in the apocalypse because I only have a limited amount of contact lenses and one pair of glasses. Right, right. Right. Shit hits the fan. The doctor's office is like one of the first things on my stop where I am just going to hoard like a ton of toilet paper, but also um, I'm I'm going for like as much contact solution and as many pairs of contacts and glasses as close to my prescription as possible. And if I just have like a fucking rolling suitcase filled with glasses, I know that if I break 20 pairs that there's like 200 more. Uh, I I have further apocalypse plans as well, but that is like one of the top things on my list. Dude. And I'm not even like an apocalypse kind of guy, Me but neither. that is still like you still got like, that plan. I'm, I'm not, you know, the preppery. Like I've got 
you know, like fucking uh, Ron Swanson in The Last of Us, if any of you watched that third episode where that dude had like traps, bug out bunker, food. Like yeah. I have no, you know, whatever. But like I'm like glasses and then the fucking kids natural history and space museum like a block from my house that has like enough room for hundreds of people and multiple floors and it's in nature. So it's by uh, water and wildlife that could be killed and eaten. Like that's the furthest I've gotten. I'm going to let somebody live there that has like guns and knowledge. Uh, but beyond that, I'm like, I need glasses and I need shelter. And so it makes me happy to hear that somebody else has had that thought. Cause I really feel like all of the biggest survivalist people would make it for like one year and then they would be out of shit, like glasses and they'd be like, Oh, I really, I really fucked myself here buying 800 guns and 200 yeah. tanks of propane instead of some fucking glasses. Right. So uh, I have, I have two different scenarios mapped out where like, I know how this is going to play out if the inevitable happens that I don't want to be the inevitable. Um, and it is post-apocalyptic. I have leadership skills um, and I have creative artistic abilities that could be practical, right? Like I could make things because I'm creative and I can think of, you know, solutions, right? So if the post-apocalyptic world happens, I'm going to create a community or be a co-creator or be a leader in a community because I know how to fucking manage a group of people i know how to delegate i know how to get shit done right so like yes i don't i'm not a survivalist but for some fucking reason in my brain i have this concept like i'm gonna be the leader of a portion or a or a leader in a portion of the new world when we go under right also i have planned how i would do prison so once again i know how to manage people so I'd fucking organize a sanction of the prison that I was a tattooer and I had a little system worked out where I didn't get raped and I didn't fucking have to give my fucking fruit cup away and I got good food and I would just do tattoos and like manage a group of people and make sure we all like lived well in prison without harming ourselves and others unless we were forced to. So for some fucking reason, I have these two fucking situations like lined out and I don't know why they just kind of like are like they're survival techniques for me to like think this shit and figure it out so yeah completely off topic of uh, anything real but those are real things Medusa thoughts um, you have a you have a face on I can't hear you you're muted <laughs> I was just saying, I'm not, I'm not thinking anything. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? Oh, I was just on and out. Listen. <laughs> you think there's something going on in this head? Hell no. Put me in water. It floats. I like the, uh, the thought that if I was tattooing in prison, that I would be like, <laughs> like just the idea of this character who's tattooing in prison and he's really like artistically unfulfilled. He's like another skull and wizard. Oh, <laughs> like just very pre-Madonna prison tattooer who just really 
wants to do some like crazy like why won't you pick something from my flashbook another another swastika oh lay only oh, god man. can judge me uh the judge and jury judged you too <laughs> oh my god dude why are we coming up with the best netflix shows today between that and Walmart ruining society, I feel like those are blockbuster hits. Like if yeah, anyone Walmart is ruining society, but dude, well, if dude, I, I just want I want to do the fucking study. I want to do the research. I want to see Walmart fall and see if our society falls. I don't actually want this because that would be really fucked up and a lot of people would lose their jobs and it would harm some shit. But that would be really funny to see if that really was a true thing. I would like to see all of the episodes where people decide that screw it, we don't need the corporations, and they come up with ways on their own to make their own prosthetic legs and out of like cardboard and taxidermied rats. And then you can see how adaptable we are as a species, and that when we have each other as a community, we don't need fucking Walmart. I love that you're trying to die on this hill of Walmart won't kill society when I'm just trying to like, like uh, not objectively figure it out. And you're like, no, this can't happen because we're better than this. My, my show pitch is that it's the year 2032. Walmart City is overthrown. Walmart uh, City. While, while, while trying to hoard as many contact lenses and prosthetic legs as possible. <laughs> Robbie and I are thrown into prison, future future prison. Uh, where and we're the top gods of the future prison. In future prison, and I don't actually. Every episode is just me trying to avoid tattooing in prison because I'm just so over it, and I'm like, no one will pick anything from my Instagram stories. And then you're getting really mad at me because I'm like really happy and having fun and like making every dumb idea the best. And you're like, why are you enjoying this so much? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Stop yeah. encouraging them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Robbie's going to walk behind the corner and be like, chicken skull. You know what's really badass? Fucking skull. You know no one can judge you but God, right? Fucking do it. He's so good at it. He's Robbie, done like 40 Robbie, of them. Robbie, this is going to be Robbie's the fucking Practice. wiping down his station with toilet water. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> I really knocked that only God can judge me out of the park and they tipped me an extra fruit cup and I'm just like stewing in the corner. <laughs> I'm going to Walmart. Do you want anything? That's what you were trying to say this whole time. Nah, dog. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Are you bringing Babel? I don't know. I'm going to go find some TV. If you know what Get I Get out of here. I love you, you ridiculous woman. <laughs> I um, love and hate what we did here today. Because I feel like this is kind of like a Jackson Pollock painting. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's pretty much what I did coming out of the hospital, too. I just threw up colors on a piece of paper. Literally? It's 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 very psychedelic. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like you threw up. I was like, No, oh, my brain okay? just all it, <laughs> it took everything that I did in the hospital and just colors on paper, completely abstract. I kind of feel like that's what today's episode was like, just completely abstract. Um, yeah. But it it's weird, too, because, like, one of the concepts that I have had a very hard time breaking um, is believing that every person that 
has a positive mental attitude, has a good life, um, is a motivator, is a leader, uh, is someone you want to be like, is perfect. And uh, it's kind of nice to just be free flowing and weird sometimes um, and break free from the concept that we have to be perfect. Because yeah. I, fall, I fall into that a lot, feeling like I have to be perfect. Um, Dusty, you witnessed it when we were at fucking um, Universal. Uh, Drunk Robbie tripped and fell and was very mad at himself for tripping and falling. And I remember just saying, like, I don't fall. That's not who I am. I don't do this. I don't fucking fall. And it's like, oh, you're just mad because you're not perfect. Oh, th and this is one of your triggers because now your trauma is acting up and you don't know how to regulate yourself because you fell. And that happened to me the other day when I backed the Cadillac into the Rogue again. Bro, I fucking backed this car into fucking shit three times in the year and a half I've had it. I get so mad when I back, thing, back that car up into things. And like me backing that car up into the Rogue, like I went fucking on a tailspin for like a day and a half. I was like angry at so many people in my home when really it was just me angry at myself for not being perfect and not having put a backup camera on it yet because I know I depend on them. And then it's funny once I like acknowledge the fact, dude, remember before backup cameras when you used to back into everything all the time because you just do that shit? Like, dude, I've backed into I have a backup camera on my car and I've literally never used it. Like they make me uncomfortable. Bro, I wish that was my life. Dog, ever since I was young, I'd be fucking running into shit when I back up. Like it's annoying as shit. It's like one of those things that like I'm great at so many things, but backing things up flawlessly isn't one of those things I'm great at. So now I have to be careful and I need to put a fucking backup camera on my Cadillac. But the point is, um, when I acknowledged that, like, oh, man, you actually fucking have this problem. It was like, oh, a lot of this stress and, like, anger at myself, frustration at myself for not being perfect lifted. When I acknowledged the fact that there's a problem there, that problem's okay to fucking have, even if it sucks. And, like, when you acknowledge it and allow it to be there, even if it sucks, it's actually going to fucking do you way better. Rather than sitting there and fighting and trying to find who's at fault when typically you're at fault. Because one of the things that um, uh, I know you know him, Dusty Hip, uh, one of my favorite things he says is, if I am not the problem, there is no solution. And when I fucking get too far away from that truth... I feel like I'm just kind of way more of a cunt overall and I need to fucking recalibrate. And like, I so, I'm, right? I'm going to ask, since you brought it up, I have admittedly never really understood that statement entirely. Which one? Uh, the, if I am not the problem, there is no solution. Because like, okay. I, I am oftentimes the problem, but I can also think of other times that I wasn't the problem. And so really like the way I look at it is it's like you it, it, I feel like it goes synonymously with um whoa I just lost it. Oh I'm it's coming back. Um it goes synonymously with uh ah, the baby's crying and I just got thrown off. Fuck, give me a second. 
So if I'm not the problem, there is no solution is synonymous with Leonardo Sell shit and dicks. If I am not the problem, then <laughs> it's not my responsibility to have the solution. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, but like, but, oh, I can, I control um how i react that's the only thing i can control i feel like that's kind of synonymous with the if i'm not the problem there is no solution because i feel like when it comes to things like that and i know how i'm reacting is the problem then i'm the problem so if somebody does me wrong and i react wrong i'm still the problem does that make sense because like i i control my day so if I let what you've done to me fuck my day, then that's my problem and that's my choice. I get that within reason. It's it's okay. I like the Talk idea that this like reason. Because you and I have talked about it before on here and just with each other that like if some little shit happens at the beginning of my day, I can choose right. to let that get me in a bad mood and then I go to work. And then a client has the audacity to want to do the flower red instead of blue <laughs> in their fucking permanent tattoo. And I'm like, oh, well, that just spoke. You know, it, it's so easy to let right. everything just ruin your day. And I get that. And I think that you are in control of that. And if you choose to just step back and be like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to let that shit go because I'm in control of this. Like, I get all that. But if I'm not the problem, there is no solution is very like. I don't like the definitiveness of it, I think was always my issue with it. Cause like, you know, if there's like, <laughs> if I'm walking and the path is flooded and I go around it, like nowhere in that was I the problem. The problem was that the path was flooded and the solution was that I fucking walked around the puddle. Like, it, it just feels like there's so many, it's, it's uh, the scene in Talladega Nights where he's like, if you're, you ain't first, you're last. And he's like, nah, man, there's there's like second, third, fourth, like there's all sorts of, <laughs> it's just, it was such a definitive thing. And it was one of those sayings that I think like a lot of those people, it's not even that it's a bad saying, but I saw a lot of the people from that group and that seminar like latch onto it really hard. And I'm like, wait a minute, this feels like one of those things that sounds more profound than maybe it is. Mm. Uh, and every everything is as profound as your takeaway from right. it. You know, if something hits you, just right and it, it you know emotes a response from you then that's like awesome that one just particularly like never like i i was not the intended art, uh, audience for that phrase because <laughs> i'm like dude i'm i'm willing to admit that i am the problem a good a healthy portion of the time and when i am i can be the solution because i can you know how many people do we know mutually that when anything is the problem, they accuse everyone else and everyone else is being a victim and everyone else is the issue and everything else is wrong. Those people definitely exist. And there's a lot of weight and there's a lot of strength with being like, maybe I'm the problem. What can I do to make things better? But also sometimes uh, as a wise anonymous fucking uh, poet once said, it do be like that. And like, <laughs> Once in a once in a great while, I'll give you that I'm I'm not the problem, and uh, you know that doesn't mean I can't still be the solution. 
And so I think it resonated deeply in these moments for me because I was the problem. And I needed yeah. to acknowledge that I had to find the solution inside of me instead of blaming others. Uh, and, you know, cause I get this weird thing where I get resentful and I get weird and then I fucking like create distance and I have to like, remember, no, these people are your loves. These people are your family. Like, so, and acknowledging where the hurt stemmed from for me, when I get to let it out and say, hey, this and this and this, I wasn't happy about, I fucking feel better. Um, so that's that's where it lied for me in that. But I do feel you 100% because I, I also say never speak in definitives because yeah. nothing is 100% fucking definite and finite. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like there's always another way that there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know? Uh, it feels in absolutes. Right, exactly. Like, I don't like when doctors deal in absolutes because that fucking sucks, you know? And like, it, they, they were so concerned about keeping my leg and they absolutely had to go this way. Well, what about this way? That absolutely is like a, a better option for me personally. We had to fucking go through a lot to get there on their end. So yeah, I, I don't like working in absolutes. So it's interesting you bring that up. And I, I like that, that, that perspective shift because I've had this problem over the years of making everything my fault. Uh, and I'm learning that that's a trauma response too. Um, yeah, I'm learning that recently myself. Right. Like I always try to look for my fault because if I look for my fault, I feel like I can at least absolve myself of the guilt and shame that I'm about to feel. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way, but that's an excessive way to handle it, which is what I've been accustomed to and accustomed myself to. Uh, and like even in tattooing, okay, well, it didn't heal well. What the fuck did I do wrong? I used to blame it on my clients so much that I had to turn it into, no, what did I do wrong? And then there's a, a middle ground that you got to get to. Um, and I think that's a part of this life. Um, I'm learning, uh, Amber, it seems like you are, and Medusa, hand up twice. What's up, big dog? Uh, there's a lot of feelings of shame and guilt when we kind of realize, you know, like, oh, fuck, I am the problem and right. all of that but like you said like if you're the problem you can also find the solution and that's that's wonderful you can learn from it it's an opportunity to learn it's an opportunity oh. to correct mm -hmm. things it's an opportunity to humble yourself and put your ego in check mm -hmm. and you know what no matter what you've done the bitch that shot selena doesn't have a solution so you're you're all good this is true yeah, at least you didn't shoot Selena. Yeah. Yeah. And none of, none of this was to me to say that it was a bad phrase or anything. No, I like uh, it. Because you, you should be able to be like, there's nothing wrong with being a solution and there's nothing wrong with identifying when you're the problem. Uh, but it, it's just such a weirdly definitive. No, you're absolutely. Like, and said in such a manner it that, feels like, I never. Like the point of it is trying to say that you can't you can't solve something with the same thinking you created it with yeah it's just not getting to that point as succinctly as it would like right which you know is what it is but yeah it's just one of those phrases that i always like sometimes and it also depends on who says it and when they say it and where they say it and how they say it oh, uh, there was 
uh amber and i have talked about this before i'm almost positive you you were the one that like we talked about you know the eddie izzard stand up as well right yes um, a, whole, a whole fan. whole stick he does in that big famous stand up where he's talking about uh the the studies on how it's like 60 percent what how you say it 30 percent uh, like your body language and it's like 10% is actually what you say because he's talking about the whole thing where Kennedy went and he did the Ich bin ein Berliner and Ich bin Berliner is I am a Berliner Ich bin ein Berliner is like I am a donut and no one in Berlin gave a fuck because they knew what he meant and he said it with well, conviction and he it said wasn't it was necessarily that. yeah it wasn't about what he said so much as it was about people got the meaning behind it and I think it's one of those things where in the case of this person in this quote they say it and it's somebody that cares an aura of people kind of being like, Ooh, he said something fancy. Uh, but like, he's always said it and people are like, Ooh, I'm mystified. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if that one, that one hit quite as hard as meant to. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's not to, you know, besmirch the person saying it or anything. It's just definitely one of those ones where I've always been like, huh? Um, Which but, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I say and that I like that I'm sure like, kind of making the mark too but uh I, it was good to get your perspective on that because i feel like if i had ever asked hip directly like what exactly does that mean it would have turned into like a three-hour lecture that kind of goes everywhere and nowhere all at once uh so it's just easy to be like what is your take on that because that one always like huh right well and and i'm i'm actually glad we had this conversation because you know medusa highlighted the fact that you know you can just change the words around and reframe it uh, and just be like, well, if I am the problem, then I have the opportunity to create a solution, um, which is an amazing uh, perspective shift for me that I feel like takes it away from a lot of guilt and shame driven uh, origin, because a lot of a lot of the shit that I've lived that I that I that I operate from is from guilt and shame. Like I'm pretty self-deprecating and like I have to work hard to not be that. Um and like, I, it definitely comes from my past uh, and the way that I've handled things um, and learned and been programmed and, you know, uh, all these, everything, right? Uh, which is all of us, not just me. So it's just interesting that like, I do, I have derived uh, a speech pattern uh, personally and outwardly that uh, is more self-deprecating because of all the shit that I've been through. Um, and I've really not had a terrible life, but I've been through some shit, right? Like you can have a good life and still go through shit. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of a lot of my shit comes from misunderstanding, you know, me taking things too personally and God knows where that comes from. So it's just very interesting that uh, that same, you know, phrase can invoke so many feelings or you know, arguments against those feelings, but also reframing it kind of really does make it plug and play because reframing it to, well, if I am the problem, then I definitely get to be the solution. I get to create a solution. That's brighter. You know what I'm saying? That's more hope filled. Uh, that's going to make me want to do the thing more um, from a happy place rather than a, oh, fuck, I better straighten out place, you know, because I feel like a lot of us get better in certain ways in certain areas of our life as a way of saying, Oh, I'm afraid of not getting better. So I better get better. Otherwise the consequence will be X, Y, and Z. So yeah, just 
that was a little take. Uh, yeah, from- I think I think if someone said to me, whether you're the problem or not, you can be the solution. I'd be like, okay, right, right, and and I like I said, I feel like that's much more hope filled. Uh, it's got it's got a, a stronger tone of possibility, you know. Whereas, like you said, I'm also tend to be more self-deprecating and even me being kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. (laughs) The the idea of a phrase that starts with, if I'm not the problem, I'm like, damn, why do I always got to be the problem? Like, like, 90% of the time, yeah, but like, fuck, can't it just be like the courts or Walmart like once in a while? Right, no, I feel you, dude. Like, I I do agree with that and I do feel that and that's a nice reframe and I think I'm going to take that with me today. You know, because it's so hard to free yourself from all the guilt and shame that we've built. You know what I'm saying? So it's nice to, or at least me, uh, a lot of the time. So it's nice to have different reframes that kind of just make that better, you know, and living on these definitives and these absolutes just, it's a pain in the ass, man. It's not, it's not healthy. It's not fun. Uh, So it's nice to have that, that shift around, you know to uh but yeah i'm kind of a, i'm a little bit taken back by that like yeah so, so much, good way so as much as i openly kind of talk trash about the people that always think everybody else is the problem and not them uh i feel like it's got to be equally unhealthy to live a life where you're like how can i make myself the problem how can i make this right. and and i know people like that because i mean sometimes i be like that that i'm like you do can I take the blame for this because then everybody's just happier and easier because I'm like, yeah, fuck it. It was me. Even if it wasn't me, like, how can I make this me? And it just quells any potential unrest with anyone else. Um, I'll just take the responsibility. So nobody else has to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's a real thing for sure. Um, But it's just definitely one of those things where like, if we can sit here and maybe not every time practice what we preach, but to at least acknowledge like, oh man, I don't know, that that doesn't seem right. Then we can definitely not build weird definitive phrases around it and pull from those. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're not always the problem. Right. But we, but we can always at least try to be the solution. Absolutely. Which like, dude, I, I, I can't keep... St- can't stop coming back to the fact that I love that reframe because it really does take a lot of the guilt and shame away um, that a lot of us, a lot of us fucking, you know, make our actions guilt or shame fucking derivative. And like, I ain't about that life, but I do it, you know, like I don't want to live that way, but it's just, it's just this fucking weird programming that we have. So it's, it's been very interesting uh, uh, to, witness myself being on the journey imagine how fucking boring you would be if you never made mistakes that you had to like learn from and messes you had to clean up you know it's funny because you're absolutely... what's that it's a good point right like but you 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 know you you're right but you know what my heart says that would be so great or at least my head i don't know when you say that, I get this feeling of, yay, it would be so great to not fuck up. But, like, what it? Perfection would be really tedious. Absolutely. 
and helping other people with their challenges is like kind of what makes the world go round i mean that's what the rad movement is yeah <laughs> like that's that's why i started it to help people with their challenges there, there, there would be no let's change the world if the world was just goofy that's true but what i need to change the world if the world didn't need change yeah what the fuck would we do then if everything was just good hmm it's a really uh, interesting point. I'm proud of all the messes I've made and the spills I've had to clean up because oh. they taught me a lot. And now I can share that knowledge with other people so that maybe they don't have to make so many messes and spills. I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't learn from those. And, you know, everybody in life ruins a Tupperware container before they learn that spaghetti sauce goes in the Pyrex instead. So. You're right. You're right. Um, the most important, if not the most important rules of comedy. I've said this before and I'll say it again. If everybody's funny, then nobody's funny. And you gotta have the straight man. And I feel like that deals in the same with our faults. If somebody was really perfect, like there would be no measure of anything because everybody's just being perfect. It would be so tedious and unfun. And all of what builds the bonds between all of us is cleaning up messes and fixing things and being there for each other. And if everybody was just cool 100% of the time, it would be such a boring, like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So it's really interesting what's happening inside of me right now. Because I'm having acknowledgments of the way this is all making me feel. And I'm acknowledging the fact that I still prefer perfection, even though I know the truth of messiness. And I think it comes from a fear of messing up more than it comes from a want of perfection. I mean, when you've messed up before and it sucked and it was rough, to fix those solutions or to find a solution you don't want to feel that again that's a completely normal and rational feeling i think everybody to a degree is afraid of messing up because everybody has messed up and we know what it feels like and i still i think those feelings are very valid i still think i'm trying to manage how to accept the mistake that is losing my leg let me throw this out there and I, I won't make it specific to the leg thing because I can't speak to that because I didn't lose my leg. Uh, but Medusa just framed it perfectly by saying that, yes, it sucks. And yes, we fear it because we felt it the same way that like I have been punched in the face more than a couple times in my life. I'd like to avoid getting punched in the face again. It's probably going to happen. And like, yeah, I'm kind of like, that sucks, whatever. But like, I know I can survive it because I fucking survived it. Just a couple and of if, days, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> right in the kisser. Pow! Straight to the moon. Um, but like, if again, the whole idea of if everybody's funny, then no one's funny. If everybody's perfect, then nobody's perfect. If you hadn't experienced those things, how much would you really appreciate things like having a dope tattoo 
spending a day with your wife and your kids cruising around in an old car that you didn't used to have uh going just to the beach you live so close to the beach the beach is such a cool place like would you appreciate the highs and even the middle if there wasn't lows and that's a hard one to answer because logically like what i know no you wouldn't appreciate the highs without the lows but like i said there's there's this deeper want in me that's like i want to live with only the highs but if if it's only highs then the highs aren't really like imagine imagine your eighth time riding the same roller coaster in the same day of the same week where you always just go ride a fucking roller coaster and being like we uh you know like (laughs) it's literally variety is the spice of life like you have to have those things and it's not to say we don't prefer highs and a lot of it is kind of middles uh you know everybody's working for the weekend like there's just kind of some shit in the middle where life isn't bad but you're just kind of trudging to get to that next like yeah i got a couple sleeps until i'm hopping a plane or until i'm fucking jet skiing or whatever but you gotta have those lows or else those highs would just be the level of fulfillment would be very non-existent uh i speaking of roller coasters and universal and coming to visit you Universal is one of my favorite places, and I was so stoked that the last time we all got to go together, one of my best memories of Universal was that the first time I had gone like as a kid and a teenager, but like my first adult trip there, uh, we went and it was something where uh, we had enough money to get the most basic tickets and we shared like the chicken tenders meal for kids at Captain America's diner because we could afford a meal. Uh, I remember very distinctly Jessica trying on the Harry Potter robe and looking in the mirror and being like, this is so cool. And looking at the price tag and being like, I have to take this off. I don't want to break it. I don't want to have to be forced to buy it. And it was such a like still fun, but fun on like not even a shoestring budget, fun on like a twine budget. Um, And so to go there now and to be like, I'm going to get a fast pass or like I'm going to watch Donna get 82 churros um is is like the level of appreciation is that much higher because i remember being the fucking like trying to refill my little free plastic water cup because i couldn't afford a drink there you've got to have those moments to everything going on a lot less if you hadn't gone through all of the shit that makes Robbie Robbie. You would just kind of be Robert or some shit. (laughs) No, no, you're absolutely right. And like I said, I think it's more of a thing inside of me um, that I wanna, you know, have to explore and figure out like what it is in there. Because like I said, I do know the truth of like, contrast creates art, man. You know, like gotta have the darks to make the lights. You know, too many, too many prices called hard for a reason. They fucking suck. Like no one wants to do them. And a fear of failure is a very healthy thing, but there's definitely an empowerment that comes with taking a step back to be like, I failed before I'm going to fail again, but I can choose to be the solution. Right. Right. Hmm. What a nice way to fight of it. What a nice way to circle it back around to a previous conversation. That was slick there. 
unintentional, but every once in a while I, I fumble my way so awkwardly through conversation that I kind of end up at the point. Broken clock is right twice a day, dog. <laughs> One of my favorite fortunes. <laughs> oh, I gotta, shit. I gotta yeah. head out and make a phone delivery. Well, it is 6.20, so we're 20 minutes over, but I don't mind because we spent 45 minutes like literally talking about all kinds of wild shit. So <laughs> we're feelings. That's how we were feeling about the wild shit. But yeah, uh, enjoy all your time today. Uh, everyone else that watched, I enjoy your time. I appreciate y'all. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks Thank you for being here. Yay. Uh, and thanks, uh, reinventing. Yeah. Thanks, Guy and and Gabe and all the humans that make this possible. Uh, thanks everyone that watches. Thank you, Dusty. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Medusa. Thank you, Robbie. Hey, you're very welcome. All right, guys, have a wonderful um, week. It's really weird because I feel like uh, this is my weekend because I've only been working weekends now. So like things are really weird. I'm like, Monday feels like Friday. So <laughs> enjoy the week. I'm going to figure out what day it is. And uh, I'll see you guys next Monday.